Hello, everybody. How are we going? We're good. Oh, enthusiastic tonight. That is, sorry, Dave, let me just not cut you off while you try and help me out. Oh, how has your weekend been? Has it been good? Yes? Everyone's enjoying the will it rain, won't it rain, will it rain, won't it rain? But only in certain blocks of Toowoomba, I've noticed. I live in Highfields. I think, oh, it's storming today. I get dressed up warm. I leave Highfields. It is bright and sunny. But then you make it just far enough past Grand Central and it's raining again. So what a unique piece of Australia we get to live in. And for those of you uh, who might not know, yesterday was my one-week anniversary of being 25. I've done it. I've survived a whole week and one day of being 25. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Encouragement is vital. And it's the first age that I've become or I've turned that has left me a little bit confused. Because if we're honest, growing up, there's always an age we're trying to get to that we're so excited to reach. It starts with 10 I think, double digits. That is the big time. You are an adult in your mind. But then you've got sweet 16. You get that car license. You are free, so long as your parents give you money to drive. And then there's 18. You can have a drink. You can vote. And no matter what anybody tells you, the government says you are an adult, which is very exciting and concerning. And then 21... The golden year. Who doesn't dream of their 21st? That, in America, you're also an adult now, but I feel like 21 is the gold standard. We can't wait to get there. And luckily, Taylor Swift brought out a song called 22, which made that year even sweeter, because we get to sing it out loud. And to be honest, after you turn 21, the next two, three years just feel like an extension of 21. Like you're just 21 for three years, but you get more mature, a little bit more life experience under your belt. But at 25, I'm kind of curious, what's the next age I get to be really excited about turning? Because, where? well, I think everyone else is excited for me to turn 30. But what's the next age where we get to be excited about ourselves turning? I loved it when my mum turned 50. It was the biggest celebration we ever gave for her. And I can tell you, she did not want to be there. (laughs) But what I've realised is culturally, I've got to wait for the hundo. The triple digit. Only 75 years to go, guys. And this isn't what my message is about, but segue. Can we change that, please? Can we please make some years? I don't care if they're made up. 34, let's get there. Best year of our lives. 47, 58, and all the way to 100. There should be something exciting about aging. But this is the first time I've had to question it and realize that getting older might not be all it's cracked up to be. But in saying that, it's led to a season of questioning and discovery, I found myself realizing that I should really sort my life out. (laughs) Funnily enough, I should really think about who I am, what I want in life, where where I should be headed, why I'm here 
on this earth. I, 25, you become very philosophical. Just be excited for it. But I have all these questions that I think all of us actually ask. We all want to know who we truly are and why we're here. And it's not just age that brings that out. I think it's a, it's a season, it's a transitional season of life that does it. I think of a high schooler who's about to graduate. They really need to ask, who am I? Who do I want to be? What do I want to be doing? Why am I here? That same person when they're graduating uni, when they've stepped into a career, we have to ask ourselves again. Maybe we're in the middle of our life or for the first time we've become a parent. Maybe we've been a career-driven girl boss or man boss, whatever the male version of girl boss is. And for the first time ever, our career is not a part of our life. Who are we? Who am I in that season? Why am I here? Or maybe you're retiring. If you're 60, 65, heck, you've got another 35 to 40 years in you. So who are you? Why are you here? Because to live a life with purpose, doesn't matter if you're starting uni or retiring, you need to know those questions. And I love, well, I don't love it, but I find it interesting and unique that we all think them. And whilst it's a few things that draw it out, age seems to be the thing that gets us all at the same time. And the reason, you know, I've been praying about it and thinking on it, and I think the reason for that is, is it makes us aware that we only have one life to live. And living itself isn't the hard part. Like plants, food, water, sunshine. Well, except we need to sleep too. But that's what we need to survive. But to live and live well. To live and be content. To be satisfied. To be excited about life. We're going to need more than that. And age and these questions draw it out. They make us ask the question, who am I? And why am I here? Because that's what I need to know to live a full life. And there's a verse in Psalms, Psalms 90 verse 17, and it's incredible wisdom. It says, so teach us to number our days that we might get a heart of wisdom. There should be a sense that when something is limited, it becomes more valuable. We should make better decisions, knowing that life isn't going to just continue forever and ever, ever. This life that we're living right now should make us want to make the best decisions to lead the greatest life that we can. But if I look around and I'm honest, I'm not sure that we get it. I look at the way we use our time the way we consume things, food, media, and I wonder what we're actually doing about our purpose in life. I wonder what we're actually doing to live a life that is full. And so that's what I want to look at with us all tonight, because if we only have one life that God's given to us right now, And I can tell you that he wants it to be full. He wants it to be exciting. He wants you to wake up with a spring in your step and a joy in your heart because he's placed you here for such a time as this that your purpose would change the world, change your community, change your family if you would lean in, seek it, accept it, and outwork it in your life. And so we're going to look at this, this thing, this one extraordinary life that we have and how we can 
begin to step into the potential that God has for us. There is a lot of things that we can do to actually live a full life, but I want to start with two foundational things about you as an individual, the person God's created you to be individually, and how that can compel us and bring out in us our God potential. And so that's what we're going to do. And I also want to have this disclaimer. We are at church. I am a Christian, if anyone didn't know. And... That means I believe that Jesus chose to come and die for me, not just so that I would know how loved I am, how forgiven I am, how much mercy and grace there is for me in this world, but so that I would also know that there's a life for me after this, that there is an eternity. But I want to encourage you, if you're someone who thinks that an eternity later means you can waste the life you have now, I'm not sure you understand what God is calling you to be. And I'm not sure you even understand how incredible of a life you can have here. Let's not forget the world is not the rubbish dump. The world is what God came to save. It's what he created and said was good. So let's remember this life should be the most important thing to us. We believe in an eternity and that's incredible. I can't even begin to fathom what that will be like but I can think about what this life is going to be for me and the people around me and the people that I bring up under me, whether that be family, friends, leaders, whatever that is. And so we're heading to Galatians in chapter six. And Paul is writing in this section about the burdens in life we need to take on for ourselves, but the burdens we should share. But I want to speak to us about the ones that are for us. And the message translation says this, Galatians 6, Verses four to five, make careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your life. This is now one of my favorite verses because it's the perfect amount of challenge, but with a sprinkling of how incredible God wants us to live our life, which is the best way to challenge someone is to actually say, hey, I want you to live an incredible life, but this is what we need to do. And so the first thought I want to share with us is that we need to carefully explore who we are. It says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. You know, there's no blueprint for you. You can't go and find the model number that you are and work out what parts you need. The only way you can discover what's unique to you is to seek and explore and find out who you are to pray and to ask the Holy Spirit to show you, but it's more practical than that. Can I encourage you? We don't like to present God as practical as he is. God can be very practical. You actually need to take the time to try things. Discover who he's created you to be. That's the fun part. You have no idea. I have no idea. How many times have you refused to eat something because it's icky? Even though you're asked to eat it by friends all the time and the second you eat it and realize how delicious it is, All you think about is the years you could have been filling up on that thing. I think, actually, a pizza Pastor Chris introduced me to. I thought, I'll eat a piece, don't want to be rude. It's got pear on it, not sure how I feel about it. I cannot tell you how many times a week I dream of that pizza. And I would have missed out 
had I not tried something new? And what this is called in an accounting sense is familiarity risk. Everyone said that because it's fun. Familiarity risk. The idea is that the more you think you know someone, the less close you actually look. So if someone's looking at your finances and preparing them, and they've been doing the same thing for a few years, they not necessarily skipping corners, but they think, oh yeah, they do a good job at that. They're good at this. And there's this risk built in that you're going to miss something. And I think we have this idea that we know ourselves the very best because we spend the most amount of time with ourselves. But to me, that says you have the biggest blind spots to who you are than anyone else. And so what that looks like is refusing to do something because you know you won't like it, but then you are wrong. And I wonder how many of us are actually missing out on an incredible part of who God's created us to be because we think we know better. And so can I encourage you, explore who you are. Ah, try new things. Don't be content with who you think you are. Don't let the perception of who you think you are hold you back from who you actually have been created to be. So we need to carefully explore ourselves. And there's a real power in this because for me, like speaking of purpose, I think we misunderstand what that looks like. I think when we think purpose, we think career. We think action. We think the outworking of what a purpose actually is. And I read a really great article in Vogue magazine, funnily enough, uh, earlier this week about a singer. And when COVID hit, for them, they were like, my purpose is live performance. So now I have no purpose. What am I supposed to do? I'm not good at anything else. There it is, thinking we know. (laughs) We're thinking we know ourselves better than we actually do. And what she found was that after taking the time to carefully explore what she loved about live performance, she found that she had an underlying desire to connect with people she didn't know through stories, struggles, and challenges. And so what she realized was that there was a whole world for her to explore, and she Long story short, she now does counselling through the for the uh, Victorian Anxiety Relief Foundation. And the reason this is powerful is that if you can extract that from yourself, you will never be without purpose. If you cannot look at your life and go, my purpose is to be a teacher, maybe your purpose is to educate. That's a whole nother thing. You can do that wherever you go. I know for me, I thought I loved business. I loved fashion. I loved interns and leadership, just randomly lucky to love lots of different things the same way. But what I realized was that what I love is seeing people reach their potential. If I can play the smallest role in someone making a better choice, living a better life, that is my purpose. And so that means wherever I go, it doesn't matter. If you're around people, you can help them with their potential. And I will say this, your purpose will always relate to other people. It will never be just for you. The best part about knowing it is that you will be more satisfied. You will find contentment because you're doing what you were created to do. It will feel right. It will be amazing, but it is for others. So test it that way. 
And I love, I love that God doesn't ever want us to be able to live without purpose. And so that he's built it into us in a way that we never have to if we take the time to seek and explore who we are. And so the second thought and the last thing I want to share is that we need to take responsibility for our life. It says, each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your life. You know, there is one thing or one major thing that separates us from the entire rest of creation. And that's that we have the ability to literally create. You can imagine something in your head right now that doesn't exist, that has never existed And you can actually bring that into this world. That's a God-given gift. That's a God-reflecting gift because that's what he did with us. But I think that we forget that we're creators and that our life doesn't just become, it's created. But if we don't take responsibility and we go into autopilot, we're going to all of a sudden look around and say, how did my life get like this? I don't remember wanting to be here. I never intentionally decided to be here, and that's the issue. (laughs) You are the creator of your life, so you had best be intentional. Otherwise, you're going to end up in a world you created, but you never wanted. And so take creative responsibility for your life. Dream big dreams. Have vision. Pastor Chris started a great series this morning, Dare to Dream. That's how we, that to me is at the center of our being, is creation, because that is at the center of God. It's the first thing he did that we see. He created. It's within us, and we just need to make sure that we take responsibility for it in our own lives. But not only with vision, because vision does nothing if you're not willing to live well, have good habits, and work hard. Now, I believe that God has plans for each and every one of us. The Bible says he does. And he wants to open doors, make a way where there's no way, help us step into a future we didn't even think was possible. But if you're not moving, an open door will not help you. It just won't. And so we need to make sure that we're taking responsibility, not just to be creative, but to actually live a life that speaks to purpose, that moves us in a direction that is where we want to be. So for me, what I see and what really lights a fire under me, but at the same time convicts me, which is a really horrible experience, is that I see a generation having their life stolen by meaningless things, spending hours on social media, on Netflix, on stand, but who would still stand in front of you and say they don't have the time to do that degree. They don't have the time to follow this dream. They don't have the time to start that business. And I think we need to get a little bit of resolve in us. I think we need to get a little bit of conviction in us. If we want something, God might want that for us too. But if we're not going to work for it, if we're not going to let our habits line up, with that dream, then we need to accept responsibility for where we are in life, which means if you're not sleeping well, eating well, exercising, these are all habits that suggest you want to live a long, full, and healthy life. You know, it shocks me, but I'm at the same time that 
the leading causes of death in our country are all from a lack of self-control. They're all related to overeating or what you're eating or not exercising. So the fact that people are dying young, not meeting their potential purely because they haven't taken responsibility for how they need to live to be a purpose-driven person, to be the person God has intended them to be, that's heartbreaking. And I pray that none of us would let our lives go on so long before we stop and ask, who am I? Why am I here? And what is the correct response when God shows that to me? And you know, in everything, we're called to be disciples. We're called to share our faith with people. Like purpose doesn't stop with you. But God, He's so clever. He doesn't want you just to share things. He wants you to do it in the way that you were uniquely handmade to do. If you love connecting with people and just listening to stories, that's the easiest way to share the gospel. If you believe in educating people and helping people to understand things, that's an incredible way to share the gospel. If you just love singing, even if you haven't figured out the why, like whatever it is that you're doing, when you step into purpose, the gospel becomes clear. You don't need to worry as much about that because the reason I use the word extraordinary is it means remarkable. It means worthy of attention. If we can do start here, this isn't where it stops, but if we start here and live a life worthy of attention, the gospel will be very clear in you. You won't need to stress. People will want to know what drives you to live such an incredible, extraordinary life. And so I just want to ask us a few questions and then we're going to pray. So Do I need to be brave and allow myself to ask questions about who I am and what my purpose is? I think that scares a lot of people, and especially people of faith. I think it can make them ask if they have faith. But it's like they say, doubt is actually a friend of faith. It actually means you have a more robust faith if you're willing to challenge it. Because I can tell you, God wants you to go deeper. Even if you've been alive for 80 years and you've spent every day seeking who God's called you to be, you will find something else. You will find another layer. So do we need to be brave and start asking? Is exploring who I am and who God's uniquely created me to be a priority in my life? Have I taken the responsibility as the creator of my world or have I been making excuses for the state of my life? Do my habits reflect the visions and dreams that I have? You know, I think these are such important questions for you to go home and think about because even if your life is going incredibly well, my friend, start dreaming bigger then. (laughs) Start getting a bigger vision. If God's got you here, imagine where else He's going to take you. This isn't just about people who feel purposeless. This is about people who realize there is no limit to the depth of purpose God can put in your life. And the last question I want to... Oh, no, sorry, not the last. My bad. Second last is, is there someone in my world I need to release to be who they were created to be and not who I think they should be? And the reason I ask that is because sometimes, whether it's fear or pride, we really start to think that people should follow in our footsteps. Sometimes it's wisdom. People should be educated and healthy. There's 
basic truth and wisdom. But sometimes I think we start to forget that God has not created them the same as he's created us. That what is satisfying to me is not satisfying to you. And we can start to really put a weight on people that God never meant for them to bear when we ask them to reject who he's called them to be. So consider that in yourself. Is there someone you need to just release and allow God to show them who they are? Let them maybe encourage them. Hey, I'm not sure where you need to be, but maybe take some time to think on this. Explore it. And then the last question, this time for real. Uh, Do I honestly believe that I'm living and building an extraordinary life? And if not, what's one thing I can do to change that? You know, it can be overwhelming when you look at your life as a whole and you're dissatisfied. That can be an overwhelming moment. But don't stress because one thing is enough to make a difference. And if every day you wake up and decide to work on that one thing, eventually it will become a habit and then you get the next thing. And the next thing in the nature of life is that as time goes on, you'll get to the point where you're doing 10 of those things. Your life is looking incredible because you stopped and made a decision to be intentional, to chase after your God-given purpose, to not listen to what the world says you are, but listen to what God has called you to be. And you'll be living that extraordinary life. And so just imagine it for a second. One person can change an entire community an entire family, an entire high school, university, a nation, the world, if they have really, ste- have really stepped into their purpose, one person who's intentional can change the world. You know, I love the fact that, and this is just a segue, but I thought about it earlier today, when we're creative and we have purpose, do you know there's someone out there right now dreaming of a world without poverty? And because they've dared to do that in what God's called them to do, one day that's going to be a reality. That's incredible. There are people inventing devices that are going to help our children to live more healthy, more energetic, that are going to help us to live stronger and healthier lives. There are people imagining and creating and stepping into their purpose that are making the world an incredible place. So imagine if each of us just simply did that for ourselves. What would our community look like? What would our young generation coming up look like if everyone they saw was full of purpose? I do tell you, I think we would have a lot less depression and a lot less anxiety because people would be waking up with a spring in their step and knowing that God has actually called them to this. And so I'd love just for us all to stand and I'm just going to pray Um, But, you know, there's layers to who we are. And I think we can spend our whole life seeking and God's going to reveal something incredible every time. But God's the one who's going to be able to reveal that to you. You know, if you want to know about the product, you go to the person who made it. And for us to truly step into this journey, exploring who we are, taking responsibility, we need to go to the person who knows us best. And so I'd love to just pray for each and every one of us if we wanted to close our eyes and just have a moment. Father God, I just thank you so much tonight that you're a God who believes in purpose. You're a God that handcrafted each and every one of us to be unique, to have a specific calling, God. And I just pray that here tonight, each person 
would be reminded or maybe even confirmed for the first time that they are an intentional creation. They are here on purpose, your purpose. And I pray that right now you would just begin to reveal something new about who each of us is. Maybe it's going to connect us, what our passions are with what we're called to be. Maybe it's just a little bit more about what we want to see in life. Maybe it's a vision that we can chase after. But Father God, I pray right now each person would just have something placed on their heart that's going to help them to live an extraordinary life. The life that you are calling us to, Father God. The life that you have designed for us. In Jesus' name, amen.